Welcome, everybody, to episode 60 of the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I am beyond excited for today's guest. Mary Hyatt is a Nashville native and wearer of many hats, which include serving women as a life and business coach, educating and leading a team as doTERRA Presidential Diamond, and a body love advocate. She offers online essential oil workshops, body love programs, and life and business coaching for those seeking to level up their lives and discover their own power to live life on their terms. You can find her over on Instagram, Facebook, and Wednesdays for her YouTube Live. She is an incredible presence, and I am so excited to have her share her story with you and for you to get some real fire and inspiration. She is such a motivator and a challenger and encourager. I just am so excited. She is someone that I have followed for a long time on Instagram, and I am just thrilled to be able to share space with her today and to introduce you to Mary Hyatt. So with that, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, former personal trainer and nutrition specialist turned confidence coach. I am passionate about helping women unlearn and unbecome what they think they should be so they can embrace their true self and show up in life how they want to be. Join me as we look at how to find confidence with nutrition, movement, health, and body image. With that, let's go to the show. All right, everybody, welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Mary Hyatt to the show today. Mary, thank you so much for being with us. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here. I cannot wait to get into all the stuff we're going to be talking about because you know it's going to be juicy. It's going to be so good. Yes, so good. You are doing so many things that I love. And for those of you who don't know who Mary Hyatt is, uh, she is a body love proponent. She is a life and business coach. She runs an Airbnb. Is that right? I do. I do. This is a brand new venture for me. And so I've got my first guests next weekend. I'm super excited about it. Oh, you're totally going to get super host. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. I hope so. <laughs> she is just amazing, guys. She is is a presidential blue diamond with doTERRA. Uh, presidential diamond with doTERRA. Amazing. And she posts the most incredible blends for healing, for emotional wellness. I mean, they're just amazing. So I am just, I'm thrilled, obviously, you can tell. So Mary, I wanted to start off by asking you about confidence because here in this community, confidence is something that we are all striving for and striving to embody and to live out each day. And so I'm curious, has have you been confident your whole life or is this something that you've worked toward? I wish that I could say yes to that answer. Like how beautiful and just amazing would it to go, would it be to go through life from a little age of being confident? Um, but no, (laughs) that is not my story at all. I absolutely created the person that you see, that you hear, Today, I've cultivated her into a confident woman. I've had to teach myself how to do that. Growing up, I was the most awkward child. I had so much anxiety that I felt 
awkward in my body, mm. walking around, speaking. I had a lot of social anxiety. So for me, talking to my friends or calling people on the phone or going into the grocery store, any of the sort of normal things that people do, I was so unsure of myself mm. and so anxious that for me, that confidence was really non-existent. And I think that as I got older and as I got into my teen years, I mean, we all know those are just the worst and you already <laughs> are like so awkward in your body anyways. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I think I was doing a lot of proving and a lot of earning. And so I didn't know what it was to be my true self, to be my authentic self. It was like, okay, well, who do you want me to be? And then I'll be that. And to me, you can't really have true confidence when you're wearing masks. And so that was sort of my MO was, okay, I'm going to put this mask on for this person and put that mask on for a different person. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it wasn't until probably about seven years ago that I started working on and cultivating my own sense of confidence. And so growing up, that was, that was a very foreign concept to me. Wow. And I think so many of us can relate to that because we do have all those messages of the shoulds is what I like to call them, how we should be living. And I love that you talk about masks too. And I'm curious, so what, what kind of masks did you used to wear that you had to really like take off and look at and examine? Yeah. Well, you can probably hear it in my accent, but I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, y'all. Um, and so I'm in the South and there are a lot of expectations on mm-hmm. girls and on women in the yeah. South to look a certain way, to perform a certain way. And so a lot of the masks were the good Southern girl mask. Mm-hmm. So that looked like modesty, that looked like quiet, that looked like behaving, that looked like agreeing, that looked like not really having your own opinion, doing what you were told. For me, it was being a really good student. It was being a leader. I was always um, trying to be the best human that I could be, but it wasn't out of genuine desire. It truly was out of how can I earn this? If I was smart, if I was beautiful, then I would get that approval, get that praise, get that love. So for me, it was a lot of good girl masks, I would say. Oh, yes. So much so. And that's, you know, I'm not from the South at all. I'm actually from California, but I grew up with a really similar level of expectation as far as how you should be, especially in like a public eye. And you, you speak about it so eloquently. And I'm just I'm curious, what was that process like for you? So what, like, was there like a breaking point for you? You said seven years ago. Yeah. What shifted for you? Well, for me, I was a very different person, obviously, than I am now. And I was kind of at this level of misery that had taken over my whole life. So I had experienced a lot of trauma in early on in my marriage and not within my marriage, but a different situation, but it really affected my marriage. So my ex-husband now, but my husband at the time, we did not know how to cope with that and really function and communicate. So for me, I just completely shut down. So I gained about 70, 70 to 80 pounds. I had extreme anxiety and depression. I had endometriosis and was taking all kinds of medication for that. I was just sleeping all the time. This was in my late 20s. And so I remember this moment where 
I looked at myself in the mirror and the only thing that I could recognize were my eyes. Mm -hmm. Everything else externally was different. I just was a shell of the former self. And I just remember thinking, God, there, there has got to be more to life than just plain survival. You know, like in your twenties, you're supposed to have all this energy and vitality and enthusiasm for life. And I was suicidal. I wanted to die. I didn't want to exist. I had cut people out of my life. I was just absolutely miserable. And so there was some kind of spark, that soul moment where you just choose to fight for yourself and you just decide that, okay, if I'm going to continue on in this life, I've got to figure out a way to do it better because this isn't working. And I remember so clearly I ordered about 20 books on Amazon and I was going to take myself through self-discovery school and figure it out and figure out why I was always so depressed, why I was always so anxious, what was really going on, why I hated myself and my body on such a visceral deep level. Mm -hmm. And I, I was looking for healing and and so it was a it was a multi year journey of discovering who I truly was to step back into that power and that confidence and that love for myself. Um, but it, I remember that moment of just being like, "All right, soul to soul, sister, we got to change something." Wow! Yes, yeah. so many books. Okay, so what were some of the books that helped kind of turn the corner for you? I was obsessed with Brene Brown, of course. Yes. I'm sure that your audience is like, of course. Um, <laughs> and then Louise Hay. So I don't know if you're as familiar with her, but she is like the mother of positive thinking and affirmations. She's amazing. And so I read one of her books called um, You Can Heal Your Life. Hmm. And it introduced to me the concept that our thoughts create our reality, that we have creative agency over the quality of our life. And it started to connect the dots for me of, oh my gosh, this belief system that I'm operating under is really contributing to how crappy I'm feeling. And Mm -hmm. so it starts, I would say, inviting someone to take responsibility for their life and, and redesign it. Create, create new rules, create new beliefs, create new truths for yourself that are empowering, that lead you to a life that you love. And so I would say that Brene Brown and Louise Hay, I mean, those were the two foundational anchors for me in this, in this process. Of course, I read many other people, but, but the two of them were, were really helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love Brenna and I'm so excited for her Netflix series, or I think it's just a one, it's a one-timer. Yeah. So excited. Amazing. So if you don't know what Brené Brown, you have got to, I would recommend starting with Gifts of Imperfection yeah. of hers. That's just, it's a, it's a quick read and it, it does, it invites you to take responsibility for your life yeah. and to explore areas around shame and guilt, which can really keep you stuck in that almost like victim mentality yes. and just that stuck place of feeling like you can't create your reality. Right. And I also love Jen Sincero for speaking about this so well as she is that. hilarious. She is she's the best. <laughs> she is. I just love how straightforward she is. She's like, yeah, very direct and to the point, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
But I will definitely check out Louise Hay. That sounds amazing. Oh yeah. She's, she's fabulous. That's awesome. So I think for a lot of, a lot of the women listening, it can feel really overwhelming to have that idea of creating the reality that you want. And whether that's from past trauma or being in a relationship that isn't serving you or feeling unsupported, what were some of the tools that you used to help you create that reality for yourself? I would say probably the most powerful thing that I did and that I still do is work with mantras and I'll I'll say affirmations. However, I want to share a distinction about this because I think um, a lot of people try to create affirmations. And an affirmation statement is just a phrasing or a sentence of speaking about your life in a way that makes it sound as though it were already true, even if it's not currently present in your life. So it's like blanket statements that can be universal, like um, uh, it's it's safe for me to uh, open up in relationships or it's safe to experience love or money is such a gift, you know, more, some of these more universal beliefs. And then there are going to be ones that are more personal. So things about me, I am worthy just because I breathe. I do not have to earn love. I, I, there's nothing that I can do to earn love. There is nothing that I can do to lose love. So these, these statements that, that affirm who it is that we want to be and how we want the world to be, because all of us have a lens that we look at the world through. And one of the best ways I could describe this is like, let's say, Kim, that you and I are looking at each other and we have a beach ball in between us. And this beach ball has, let's say, six different colors. So it's kind of divided into these segments of different colors. And on your side, you see pink and green. And on my side of the beach ball, I see yellow and red. And so as you are going through life, all you see is pink and green. And so when something happens, whether it's traumatic or tragic or wonderful or beautiful, you are seeing this hue of pink and green that you sort of attach onto life. And then for me, same, same event could happen. Same experience could happen. We could even be side by side together, but I might interpret that event as, you know, through the lens of this yellow and this red, which is of course how we've been brought up and our belief system and the religion makes these colors our colors. And so what we realize is if we turn the beach ball forward and we start to see that, oh my gosh, there's actually six colors. It's not only pink and green and red and yellow, but there's brown and there's purple and there's blue and there's uh, orange. It's like, oh my gosh, there's all these different ways of looking at the world and interpreting the world. And so an affirmation is sort of taking that control back to say, I'm going to choose what color I'm going to look at life through. And I want to choose a color that is going to make it bright and beautiful and wonderful and rigged in my favor. And so for me, one of the things that I started to do on a daily basis were to say these statements, to use these affirmations, to speak them as if they were already true, like a declaration. And the, the, the distinction that I want to make is that I did something that I feel like supercharged them. And I learned this through many conferences, some of uh, which were through Tony Robbins. And Tony. he, I love Tony. I have such a crush on him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right? Such a hottie. Ugh. So, Can't handle it. Yeah. Whew. I mean, just energy. Okay. Well, that, we can get sidetracked. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of the things that he talks about is 
instead of an affirmation where you're saying something that might not be true, like I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident. And yet you do, you don't feel confident. He makes a distinction of saying incantation. So this is where you attach elevated emotion to your affirmation. And it's almost like you are playing a part in a play. And so if I'm going to play the part of Queen Mary, then I have to demonstrate the emotions that that queen would hold. Uh, Regality, confidence, uh, power, fierce, fierce energy. And And so for me, anytime I say these affirmations, I'm going to infuse them with energy. So I get super hype. Like I yell my affirmations. I am like using my, my body. I'm, I'm pumping my fists. I'm stomping my feet. I'm like, it is true. We are doing this. I am beautiful. I am confident. Yes, yes, yes. You know, life is rigged in my favor. I mean, I have a whole, whole mantra that I say every morning and I, bring in that energy because it ends up being like a magnet and it just pulls that to you and rewires your brain and your belief system so much quicker when you add an elevated emotion uh, to, to saying these affirmations. So it kind of shifts it into an incantation. So that to me is like my secret sauce for people when they're starting this journey, this process is it's, it's the diligence of repetitive incantations. Oh my gosh. My, I've never thought of it that way. So my mind is completely blown over here. I'm taking awesome. notes and this is amazing because we talk about affirmation statements in our yeah. community and about the power of speaking truth into your life and to, you know, even if you're not believing it in the moment, right. You know, not faking it till you make it, but speak it into truth because yeah. the more that you speak it, the more truer it becomes for you, whether that's with a positive energy or with a negative energy. Totally. Being able to make that shift. I just love that. So is this, is this something that you use in your coaching with your clients? Absolutely. This to me is foundational. It's like one of the first things that I have my clients learn and practice. And I, I, explain it to them like learning a new language. So for example, if you were to learn Spanish, you know, you're going to have your flashcards and you're going to put on every single square foot of your house, you know, the Spanish vocabulary word for window and for fridge and for cup and for fork and for table. And you're inundating your brain. You're going through an immersion process Mm -hmm. of repetition to get those words to stick into your memory where it becomes unconscious and all of a sudden you're dreaming in Spanish and you might have that Spanglish thing happening where you don't even know what language you're speaking anymore because it's just flowing from the state of unconsciousness. And so to me, with my clients, if I want to make this process go quicker, this, this experience of transformation and helping them rewire some of these limiting beliefs in their life, to me, it's all about understanding sort of the, the, um, these little things about affirmations, like I said, adding emotion to it. And then that second piece is the repetition. The more you can say it, the more you can repeat these statements, the quicker the process is. And so it looks like having some kind of a daily practice of saying these incantations. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. So you do, you do life and business coaching. What, what brought you to that space? I had a fabulous coach myself, and I had always been interested in behavior, psychology, how the mind works, our emotions, and I love to help people. I'm an Enneagram 2, if you know anything about that, so I'm the helper. 
And I love up-leveling people's lives. Like that is what I get so jazzed about is, is up-leveling people's thoughts and their beliefs. And so for me, I had this amazing coach and my experience was so profound. I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. It was like, I had experienced it firsthand and it was just the perfect blend of the psychology plus real life experience. Like it wasn't just sitting there and listening to people. It was directive. I felt like I could really make a difference and help and couple that with my desire and my heart and my passion for business and for making money. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a win-win. And so my clients are just the most amazing women, female entrepreneurs or business owners. And they you know, they have this passion, um, but their mindset, their subconscious mind, what's sort of below the surface is getting them stuck. Mm -hmm. And so we get really deep into that and tease it out and come up with really powerful solutions for them. Wow. That is fantastic. Where can people learn more about your, your coaching services? Yeah. So I have a website. So maryhyatt.com and there is a tab there for coaching. I'm pretty sure it's maryhyatt.com forward slash coaching. <laughs> so it should be pretty easy to, to navigate on there. And I talk about what I do and there's a way to apply to do coaching with me and have a session with me to experience what it might be like. Um, so maryhyatt.com. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. I want everybody to have an opportunity to go check you out. Your website is amazing. It's gorgeous. I mean, you could just get a lot of your essence from your website. I think a lot of that transfers through. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to switch kind of directions a little bit and talk about body image. So you are a body love advocate and you know, you said that after, um, your, your divorce that you had put on what felt to you like a significant amount of weight. Yeah. And I'm just curious what, what that's looked like for you and how you have come to a place of loving your body and celebrating the awesome things that it can do like handstands, which is what you're working. I sound like a creeper. I'm like, I know that you're working on handstands. (laughs) Hey, that's, that's social media, right? It's like, we already know each other, but we don't, but we do. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so um, tell us, tell us a little bit about that journey for you. Yeah, gosh, it has been such a journey, which is why I'm so passionate about it. Why I created a six week course all about making peace with the mirror and quieting this inner bully that we all have that tells us that we are ugly and gross and disgusting. No matter if you are a size two or a size 24, it does not matter. You know, we have been taught culturally to loathe our bodies, to see our bodies as the enemy, to never be good enough, to only see our bodies as something that would be pleasurable for a man, um, or woman, you know, but just like to be used in that sense of, um, being seen. And it's not for us. It's not even necessarily for our own health. It's, it's, all for something else and, or to have a child or whatever. And so for me, when I had put on all that weight, not that that was the beginning of the hatred of my body. Cause God knows I hated my body in middle school and in high school. And I always was trying to lose weight. And I started dieting from 
I think fifth grade was the first diet that I ever went on. And I was a normal sized kid. I was active. I was healthy. But of course, the messages that I was getting from society were be thinner, be thinner, be thinner. And if you're thinner, then you'll have the best life. If you're thinner, then you'll have the boyfriend. If you're thinner, then you'll have the career that you want. We'll open all these doors. And so the messaging, of course, that we receive as women is it's almost like our whole lives should be dedicated to having a thinner body. Yes. And it's very, I mean, it's very distracting. And I talk about this in my six-week course called Babe Redefined, sort of the brainwashing that happens and the industry, the beauty industry, the health industry. And again, of course, not that it's all bad. I mean, I like, you know, I, I go to the gym. I love taking care of my body, but it's so marinated in shame. Mm-hmm. And, and the belief is I'm not good enough. I'm broken. Something needs to be fixed. And so I got to go rush to the quickest diet or to this program or to this product and, you know, we're being sold stuff subconsciously all the time. So, um, for me, I had to learn when I was in a plus size body, I was 240 pounds and I had to learn how to love that woman. I had to learn how to partner with her because I didn't know if I was ever going to lose weight. That wasn't never, uh, as I began this journey, that was never the goal. It ended up being a byproduct but I never went on a diet. I practice intuitive eating very passionately and teach on this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for me, it was like, how can I love and accept the body that I have today? That is body positivity. Not when I lose the weight, when I have the abs, when my stretch marks are gone, it's now in this body today. And I'll tell y'all from losing 80 pounds, my breasts go down to my belly button. You know, my, my breasts are totally deflated. I have stretch marks all over my body. Um, it is far from perfect. And yet I love her so much and appreciate her so much. And it has taken me a long time to get there. But I think that there is a lot of work to be done in healing this in our society for women to believe that we are worthy of love and belonging right now in this body. And confidence does not come when something shifts and changes that can be experienced right now, no matter what body you're in. Preach, sister. (laughs) I have the craziest goosebumps right now. And I'm just like over here giving praise hands because this is so true. And I spent 10 years as a personal trainer, nutrition coach, working in the gym and online. And it was so much about, I want to be healthy and confident and sexy and strong. And, you know, once I lose X number of pounds, then I'll get there. Like yeah. that's when I'll arrive. That's when I'll find the happiness. And it's, it's, it's just not true. No, not. If you think you're going to be happy and content and successful and smart and strong and sexy and all these things, X number of pounds from now, you're going to be really disappointed. Oh yeah. I mean, it's all mindset. I mean, none of that is conditional on weight. And I know several of my friends are living in larger bodies, plus size bodies And they are some of the most confident women you will ever meet and just strut around, you know? I mean, they are just like, yes, yes. And it has nothing to do with their weight. And I think that if we can detach the stigma that we put on fat, Mm -hmm. this is a whole conversation. I mean, it would be just so liberating for all of us. And this this takes work. I mean, this is, this has been a six, seven year journey for me of making peace with my body and accepting her and loving her and partnering with her. Um, but it can be done. And I can tell you the freedom that I feel on the other side 
of this, of not stressing about what I'm wearing or what I look like mm-hmm. or whether I would have to get in a bathing suit or not or go to a wedding or not. And I mean, my, my quality of life has changed dramatically after this journey of making peace with my body. Um, and that's my desire for all women. I mean, that is really why I do the work that I do because I've experienced that freedom and the peace. And I just want that for every woman. I, when I hear people talking about their diets and, you know, hating themselves and judging everything that they see in the mirror, it just breaks my heart. And I just, you know, desperately want for women to love themselves. Yes. Yes. So much. Yes, it does. It it breaks your heart, especially when you are on the other side of, of it and you have, you've done the work and you have the tools and you practice, you know, intuitive, not just intuitive eating, but intuitive loving and care for yourself. And a lot of times I, when we talk about confidence and we talk about self-love, often I I take it back to self-acceptance and starting there. Because I think, and I'm curious to hear about your opinion on this, that sometimes it's hard to make that leap in from loathing to loving. But in social media, it seems like that's the thing. That's the jump that's required. It's like, well, you may hate yourself, but really you should be practicing body love, which just kind of adds on that layer of shame and guilt when it's like, I don't know how to make that leap. So what what would you say to somebody that's in that spot of looking toward body love, self-love, and just feeling that chasm between the two. Yeah. You're so right. I mean, I love that you're touching on this because it is too far of a gap. I mean, there's no way to go from hate to love like that. I mean, it's, it's just not an instantaneous process. And that's certainly not a moment of decision where you just say, okay, now I'm going to love my body. And it just happens. I mean, we know this intuitively, but there is that pressure that we feel like we should already be there. And then we go, well, what's wrong with me that I can't love my body. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's the acceptance. That's what's in the middle. If you can accept your body, I think one of the, the first things that I started to do was speak to myself in a different way. Hmm. I couldn't necessarily say I love you yet, but one of the first things that I started to do was a practice of asking my body for forgiveness hmm. and recognizing that I had been berating and beating and abusing my body for so long. And I needed to ask for forgiveness and to say, essentially, I am so sorry, please forgive me. And that opened the door of acceptance of like, okay, I can accept, even though I might not like my body or love my body, I can accept that my body has done a lot to support me. Yeah. That that my body truly is not my enemy, but it is my partner. And I need to look at my relationship with my body in the same way that I would look at my relationship with a child. I don't have children myself, but let's say I had a daughter. Would I ever speak to my daughter in the way that I'm speaking to myself? No, you know, or to my husband or to my friend or, or to a stranger. And yet the, the, the things that are coming out of my mind and my mouth were so cruel. And so shifting into kind of an acceptance of what I've been doing, the abuse, the self abuse, and also the acceptance of like, okay, this is this, this body that has been supporting me, that's helping me walk and to move and to breathe and to function. I need to offer some gratitude here. So for me, it was that first step before love was forgiveness, asking for forgiveness and then offering gratitude. I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And I would do that. I would literally put my hand on my stomach and my heart 
every morning and I would just say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I'm sorry, please forgive me. And I would cry during this process and it was really emotional. And then from there, I would just say, thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. And it was that simple. I didn't have to go into all the reasons why and make it more complicated. Of course, you could add some adjectives to that if you wanted to, but I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. Shifted everything for me. Wow. That is, it's such an amazing concept of appreciating, you know, moving from that acceptance into appreciation. And my coach has a great saying that what you appreciate appreciates. Yes. And that it grows and it builds. So it's like, even if you've never done this exercise before of just practicing that, that asking for forgiveness and then that recognition and thanking, even I'm sure that to a lot of my listeners, that sounds really like, like foreign, but I want to encourage you that Mary is absolutely right. And that this practice, it will accumulate, it will grow on itself. And it, it takes time. I think we expect things to be different, you know, okay, I did it once, right. They'll fail the same, but you, I mean, and you said you've been working on your body love journey for more than seven years. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, It is a slow journey. I mean, I feel like I went the slow route and decided to kind of figure it all out on my own and do my research and, you know, all of that, which is why I created my course. Cause I was like, if I could shorten this time window for people, I want, I want to do that, you know? And yeah. so the course that I have is six weeks, not to say that you get all the work done in six weeks, but it's, it's significant, but it is, it's through repetition. And I think that it's opening yourself up to relating to yourself in a new way. It might just be possible that one day I look at myself and smile. It might just be possible that one day I don't hate myself. It might just be possible that one day I delight in this body. And it starts with accepting it, being able to to express, like, I have a body. Like, one of the things that I did early on is I had avoided mirrors for years, like full-length mirrors, and I would only see about from my neck up for probably a good six or seven years while I was married. And that was a moment for me when I bought a full length mirror and I chose to see myself. I chose to look at myself, which meant I had to come out of shame and look at myself and say, I have a body. I don't have to put judgment on it right now, but I have a body. This is my body. Like looking at her, seeing her, being willing to be present with her. Um, and all those sort of little practices, I talk a lot about this in inside of the course, these things that you can do, but that's just one little practice of acceptance, of partnering with your body. I have a body. It's not a good, ba- good body. It's not a bad body. It's just a body and it's mine. And then, you know, offering that, that forgiveness and that gratitude towards it. Oh gosh. I love that. I love that so much. And just, I think of the meme that is kind of, that floats around, but it's of a a woman standing in front of a mirror and saying, I want to be your friend. Mm, Yes. Right. That one gets me every time. It makes me so. I love that. I know. Right. (laughs) We got some tears going on over here, (laughs) but it's so true. This, this Mm. war that we wage and the energy that we're spending on the hating and the loathing and the critiquing and criticism is such a waste of energy. And it's like, I often challenge listeners just to kind of flip the script, like, you know, all the time that you spend hating and critiquing and criticizing, what if you used that to actually practice this acceptance? Like, what if you, every time you started to think of a negative thought, you just caught it 
and you flipped it around and you put that energy toward loving and accepting and appreciating and just how much of a game changer that can be when you start to practice that, which it sounds like that's what you, that's what you've been practicing and doing. And I'm, I want to ask you a little bit more about your course. Can you, because I know there's going to be a ton of people that are going to be interested in this. What, so your six week course, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So it's six weeks and the whole premise, it's called Babe Redefined. And if you go to maryhyatt.com, there's also a tab there. We can check it out. It's self-guided. So it's video course. I'm talking to you for about every uh, about an hour every week. So it's a module a week. And we get into just where it all went wrong. Where did you start hating your body? Why did you start hating your body? What were some of those cultural messages that you were receiving or some of those personal messages that you were receiving with your school and your family unit and all of that? And then we get into this link between how we think about ourselves and what we tell ourselves and how that shapes our life. And I go into shifting that. And we talk about affirmations. We talk about incantations. And then we go into a lot more of the practical side of things. So the first part of the course is more kind of getting into the belief systems of how we think and why we think the way that we do. And then the second half of the course is all practical. So we go into intuitive eating and how to practice that. We go into what does it look like to move your body in a way that doesn't trigger you. And so we don't use the word exercise. Um, We use movement. And so what does it look like to celebrate your body instead of punish your body through, through moving it? And then we get into how do we actually redefine what beauty is for us personally. And I have an amazing workbook that goes along with this with all of these fabulous tangible exercises to practice and to to get into the depth of it so that by the end, not only have you made peace with the mirror, you have dialed back the volume of that body bully and entered into more of a space of acceptance and love, but you've also been able to make peace with your plate and food and trust yourself to trust your body and what you need to feel the best that you can feel without diets. And so it's, it is not a weight loss plan. It is a love plan (laughs) and it is fabulous. I mean, I'm just, I love it. It's one of those, those courses that I feel like will be true for years to come. It's just foundational. And I would love to have you guys in it. Anybody that's interested, please. It's, it's beautiful um, work to, to embark on. And so maryhyatt.com and it's called Babe Redefined. Oh my gosh. That it's so in line with everything that we've been talking about on this podcast. So I'm just like tingling over here. Like, wow, that's so amazing. And that just, yeah. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about intuitive eating, which is, oh gosh, that's a whole like podcast series. (laughs) Totally. Self making peace with your plate. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anybody who's interested in that, just Google intuitive eating and there's a whole range of um, resources for that. Yeah, there is. And it's so great. So to to finish up, because we're almost out of time, uh, I wanted to ask you, since you already brought it up in, in talking about the course, that you've moved away from exercise and into movement. Yeah. And this is something that we talk about over and over and over again, because it's so hard to get out of that space yeah. of like workouts and exercise and punishment and calories burned and to shift into movement. So how have you made that shift for yourself? For me, it's an intuitive process. So I, 
never use movement as punishment. So it's never to burn off the meal from last night. It's never to, um, make sure that I don't gain any extra weight or, you know, get in a specific shape for spring break or for a wedding or for whatever. To me, the movement is about celebration of your body, what it can do, how good it can feel, how strong can I get simply because I'm a human and I want to feel my humanness. And, and so for me, that shift was shifting out of punishment into pleasure. If I could decide how to move my body, what sounds fun to me? Like I had to get out of the gym because the gym was so triggering for me that going and working out with weights and doing the treadmill and thinking of it in this form of calories and inches was just, it was too much. So I started asking myself, what feels really good? Like what would I do just because I, I could? And if nobody knew I was doing it, what would, what would feel really nice? And so for me, that looked like um, hiking. When I was at my heaviest weight, it looked like water aerobics because for me, doing any kind of impact was really painful on my joints. And so I joined this water, like this geriatric water aerobics class. It was awesome. I was the youngest one in there. Everybody was like 75 plus. But it was I perfect. used to teach those. I, I love it. It was so it. Fun. Yeah. So you know, you know, Q-tips. It was great. Um, That's what we call old people with the white hair, Mm Q-tips. And I loved it, but it was a celebration of my body. Like, let me just move this sweet body. Um, And so for me, I think it was ditching again the should and going, what would feel great to me? And for now, like I'm, I'm working on getting to the point where I can do a handstand and I have no idea what that's going to do to my body. I don't even care. I'm just doing it because it's fun and I'm getting an element of play in there. And so it has nothing to do with, with exterior results. It's just like, Oh, I like this. This is like fun. This is a challenge for me that I've never been able to do in my adult life. And I want to see if I can do it. And so it's just a fun challenge that teaches me a lot about myself and a lot about fear. And I, and I love it. So it's moving out of the should and asking myself, what does my body want? How does my body want to move today? Yes. Yes. This is a philosophy that I absolutely love. The first coach that I worked with, Kevin Geary of Rebooted Body, he had a philosophy called Dwild, which Mm. is do what you love today. So really getting, right? Yeah. Getting in touch with what do you need today? Because I think our minds tend to work in ways of categorizing and scheduling. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do cardio on Thursday. I'm going to do weights on Friday. I've got a rest day. And then I've got my like refuel day. And then, you know, it's like we map it out. But I love the intuitiveness of movement and checking in with your body and saying, you know, how can I celebrate you today? How can I move in a way that makes me feel alive and vivacious instead of, the punishment aspect and like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta burn these calories. I gotta get in my 10,000 steps or else. Right. Well, of course it's what, I, or else I gain weight. Right. Cause that's our only measurement of worth is our weight. And so, and I would add to that too, not only how does my body want to move today, but also where's my energy level? Like, I think so often we push ourselves when we don't need to push ourselves because yes. it's the thing that we're supposed to do. And so for the past um, three days, I haven't been in, in my routine of whatever it is that I'm moving my body. Cause my body just needed extra rest. I needed to sleep in. I needed to just chill. I've had people in town and I've been at a conference this week. And so I think part of this movement can also be, I give myself permission to not move. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need to rest and that's more beneficial to my body than moving it and having the intuitive awareness to honor what your body is asking for. If it wants to move, move it. If it needs to rest, rest it and taking the judgment away from one of those decisions being better than the other, but they're both neutral and I'm just listening. I'm just listening to my body. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up about yeah. the rest because it is, it's very, our culture is go, 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 you know, yeah. like no pain, no gain. You got to push through your tiredness. And it's like, no, 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 no. If your body's asking for rest, listen. Yes. But I think that body trust is, is so fractured and yeah. you know, that's part of what Captivatingly Confident is all about is helping reestablish that body trust and intuition and living according to that rather than what you think you should be doing yes. and to eliminate those limiting beliefs and shoulds. So I just, I love that you're out there promoting all of this and celebrating bodies and personalities and passions. And you're just doing amazing work. And I'm so excited for you because it's Thank so, you. it's so great. So where can we find you? I know you were taking an Instagram hiatus, but you're back. I'm back on. I am. Uh, and you can, you can find me at Mary G Hyatt, H-Y-A-T-T and G like Grace. That's my middle name. So Mary G Hyatt, of course, just maryhyatt.com for my website and has my social links, uh, Facebook and Instagram on there as well. And you're on YouTube too, right? See, I, I sound am. like a stalker. <laughs> no, that's good. Don't hey, forget. I, hey, listen, I wouldn't have a job if you didn't know what I was doing. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, I have a, I have a, um, a YouTube show every Wednesday at one o'clock central where I go live and it also feeds into a podcast. So we take the audio and it becomes a podcast. And so you can check that out. The link is straight through my, my website uh, as well. And I would just love to see all of you guys on the YouTube show. It's, it's, it's a fun show. I mean, it's just like this. I mean, just talking to people and, and talking about these kinds of raw topics for women. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then last thing is that you have an essential oils workshop coming up. Is that right? Well, I actually just completed it last week. Okay. I was so, late to the game. I was looking You were late to the game. Around. But not to say that I will not have another one coming up because I do them often and I announce them on Instagram. I do it through a Facebook, private Facebook group where I teach people the basics of essential oils and how to support your body and your emotions naturally. And so if you stay connected with me on Instagram, you'll see when I'll have the next class. I've got a couple in April, um, but I always announce it through social media. Perfect. Perfect. Because I know we have a lot of essential oils fans and I just love what you do for emotional support with the oils. That's just so great. Yeah. You had this grieving one. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh. I loved it. It was amazing. Okay. So, all right. Well, that's where you can find Mary. I'm going to make sure that I link her in the show notes, but Mary, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us and just to shed some amazing light and share your story. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Awesome. You're the best. 